Thank you for joining us on our journey here to preserve the history of mixed martial arts. When I wanted to take on this project, I needed help. I brought in one of my favorite matchmakers, Miguel Iterate, and the MMA detective, Mike Davis. So to do this, we've been able to preserve history. Welcome and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, another Swapcast. I am the MMA detective, Mike Davis, along with us, Chris Brennan and What's John that? Fitch. That's right. That's right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's got their own podcast. Chris, want to give yourself a plug? Uh, Strangler podcast. You can watch it everywhere or listen to it everywhere, you know. Um, yeah, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. John Fitch. John Fitch knows nothing. I uh, do my show live, live stream on Sunday nights. A lot of interaction with the chat. So, if you guys want to watch and, and uh, tell me how smart or stupid I am, jump, jump in. Uh, I would say we had a couple of people in our comment section saying it should be called John Fitch allegedly because of just the constant bombs that you're dropping. <laughs> it's so much truth. People don't like it. it makes right. I'm with the, I, I do an MMA history podcast, Lights Out podcast. This is going to be shared by all of us. So if you belong to one of our channels, check everybody else out. It'd be great. We're going to do three topics today. We're going to start with Raul Rojas. He's young kid, uh, Mexican descent, big push by the UFC, 18 years of age, just fought Christian Rodriguez. We're going to talk about the ups and downs. Chris Brennan, we'll start with you. Um, you want me to talk about Raul? So Raul. I wish you would I wish you would lose. I wish you would get cut, and I wish you would come to Bellator so my kid could fight him because they're in the same weight class. <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, he's kind of like kind of like the Bo Nickel right? Like they're rushing him and Bo Nichols, he's doing well, you know, he's pulling off the wins, but he shouldn't be in the main card on his first fight. Um, I guess it's Raul's second fight, but you put him on the main card and move two guys like Chris Curtis and uh, Kev Kelvin Gaslam off of the main card yep. to put him on. I think they got exactly what they, you know, deserved, but didn't ask for. John? <laughs> I think this is a uh, huge failure of management and coaches to put the kid in this position in the first place because promoters do not care about you. They do not care. All they care about is sucking the blood out of you right now. If they can make money off you right now, they'll suck all the blood out of you and spit you out. They do not care about you long-term. They do not care about building you. They don't care about this kid. They could have taken their time with and given him the right fights and done the right things with him and built him up to a point where he's actually going to be a title contender. Well, they threw him into the meat grinder way too early. They've probably ended his career. If he doesn't take a step back himself and be like, hey, look, you guys really aren't looking out for me. I got to do what's best for me. He, he's going to be a wash. And it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. So there's two things that you guys said, Chris and John. And the one thing that I believe is that the UFC's got an event almost every weekend. And in between that, they've also got a whole bunch of UFC Fight Pass shows, which are their feeder organizations. A guy like Raul should probably be one of the highlighted fighters in one of the feeder organizations, but it doesn't seem like the UFC likes that that trickle down and trickle up. It's just more of like John well, described a meat grinder. And this is the disgusting part of it. You already, you said you mentioned one of the things that's a major problem that you didn't even act, act like it was a big deal. The feeder said so they're not feeder programs. They're not feeder promotions. They're supposed to be competitors. Right. Like they're, they're, they're not, a, they're not associated with the UFC. They suck UFC ass hole so they can get on the fight pass, but they, they're supposed to be competing with the UFC. They should be fighting for guys like Rojas 
so that they can keep them and build them up and turn them into champions and bring in a lot of eyeballs to them and allow them to fight for high titles while they still represent them and manage them or not manage them, but promote them. We have a backwards system. It's very backwards. It's very ugly. And uh, um, these guys are exploited bad. Yeah. UFC pays these organizations to be on Fight Pass, right? They pay a, a pretty good amount of money for them to be on Fight Pass. I know Fury for sure does, and I believe LFA as well. All um, of them do. They all receive checks. paying them out to compete. Okay, it's, so I've, I spoke to the promoter that owns Peak, and he said they've passed on it four or five times because they don't want to have events on Friday or Sunday night. They want to have it on Saturday night, and I guess you have to have it on Friday or Sunday if you're on, on Fight Pass because the UFCs are on Saturday night. Yeah. yeah, but th- this kid, you know, he uh, as soon as he couldn't get the takedown, you know, after the first round was over and he didn't finish him and he couldn't get the takedown, he went completely downhill. His skills like completely vanished, you know. And mm-hmm. Christian Rodriguez, who's who's a veteran, he's a good fighter, yep. um, but not like a, a, he's world a killer. killer. He's, no, a, he's killer. a real killer, and and made him look terrible, you know. And then Dana said something about, oh, it, it doesn't really hurt him. Well, bullshit, it hurts him. Mentally, career-wise, and the UFC. The UFC what, thought what, they were doing something great, and it was it was dumb. It was a big mistake. What, the, what, the, what he means is the UFC, it, it doesn't hurt the UFC. Right. That's what he really Next. means. It doesn't Next. hurt him. Next. It, yeah, they got another guy but, to pump through. And and as we'll get into some of the other things. I'll keep bringing this up because it's it's become so painfully clear to me. Fights aren't about technique, and they're not about who's the best fighter. It's about storylines. All that matters is storylines. There's 100% pro wrestling. We've gone into pro wrestling territory. All they care about is telling a certain story. And if you're a great fighter who should be fighting at the top, but you don't have a story for them to tell, they're going to push you to the side. They're going to tell the stories, right? Bo Nickel's a story. That's why they rush him through. This kid was a story. That's why they rush him through. The uh, Piera fighting Adesanya, that was a storyline. They pushed that through. Like They don't care if things destroy the fighters and athletes careers and and health especially their health as long as they can tell that storyline and it brings in the eyeballs and brings in the pro wrestling fans that's all that matters you can definitely jump the line if you have a story yeah and 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 chris i think you'll vouch for this in terms of like we're going to call it character development if we're talking pro wrestling um i think bellator does a much better job of developing like they had their little miss with aaron pico Initially, yeah. but I believe yeah. that really benefited a lot of fighters after that. So the thing with them and what I heard about Aaron is they'll give you what you asked for. He wanted X <laughs> amount of dollars, so they gave him X amount of dollars worth of fights. You know, I went in and said, hey, I don't give a fuck what we make right now. Let's let's build him up, you know, with my kid. Yeah. And so they paid us. And then the second contract was way more than we asked for. And we still got developmental building up fights, getting better, getting better, getting better. Yeah. And and so I think they will they will do you know sure if you want that sometimes we'll that. sometimes yeah I, I know of at least three cases where they signed an agreement where they were supposed to do developmental fights and they they as soon as they needed a, something to sell they threw them in with the lions oh yeah that's, that's common uh, Grant Neal also got a great developmental deal I, I there's there's about a dozen people in the Bellator feeder system that they're doing a fantastic job with that's just my personal opinion. And yeah. bring him along. Second uh, topic, Jorge Masvidal. <clears throat> so Jorge Masvidal fights in Miami, huge gate. He retires right after. But I think the caveat that everybody's missing is that on March 3rd, 2022, he signed one of the most lucrative contracts 
in the UFC's company history. He's only fought one time under that contract. So, John, you and I, we had a little conspiracy hour last last uh, swapcast. This kind of pushes our theory. Colby yeah. Covington at dinner with the Nelk boys gets beat up by Jorge Masvidal. It is believed by the admittance of the police cameras by the Nelk boys that they told Jorge in order to do some sort of viral stunt. Yep. Dana White was possibly involved with the text messages. Colby Covington says, Storyline. Suing, I want to see your text messages. You're going to pay me. Yep. Him weighing in on the Leon Edwards, uh, Kamaru Usman, we believe that the you know, kind of the way in there, probably a huge undisclosed payday. Masvidal retiring with the most lucrative contract. Is that part of Dana circling the wagons? Sean Fitch. Yeah, there's something fishy about it because there's, there's already, uh, who is it? Hill or whatever. They're, they're, they're beefing and scrapping all the attention on, on Masvidal. Like nobody talked about Burns look great. What's next for Burns? I haven't heard anybody talking about what's next for Burns. That's where the, the focus should be. And yeah, give the guy, you know, his dues for retiring. It's nice, blah, blah, blah. But these guys live in the same city. They're both from Miami. They both got good careers. Like, they, they put all the attention on one guy. He loses the fight. They don't talk anything about the performance of the guy who won. What's next for him? Um, he's, he's retiring under fishy circumstances. This really looks like... Dana White allegedly maybe set this up to create a storyline to sell tickets, right? Pro wrestling in real life, but it backfired, blew up in his face. And now he's got to make things nice and pay people off. Maybe part of the deal for court for, for uh, Colby was, yeah, Masvidal needs to retire. What if that was one of the things I won't sue. I'll let this go. You pay me the money. He goes away. So I'm late to the party. Are you guys saying that there was text messages supposedly between the numbers and Dana and Dana? Oh, there, there was one, okay. Now, if you please, please, please keep in mind, like I'm, me- I, I'm mentally ill, but I listen to every single word people say, and I watch the body cam footage and I followed it closely and just reading between the lines. I've got 15 years within law enforcement. I can, I would bet everything I own that that Dana White was involved in a text message chain to set up a viral event of which Colby gets blindsided. I think that the script kind of, you know, went a left of center, you know, be without the knowledge or of this, you know, taking place. And yeah, yeah, I, I guarantee it. I, I would wager everything. That Dana and and we know for. the UFC loves to exploit illegal activity as a way to sell fights, right? They, they were, they were even, even last weekend, they were showing, Masvidal and Leon Edwards, like they showed. Uh, I've never seen that video. It's never, never surfaced. I've never seen it. I think the they had it. That's the first, yeah. So he goes and he he pieces him up. I was watching that. I'm live. Sorry, but that's that's illegal. That is illegal. That like Leon Edwards could press yeah. charges there. Sure. I would I would have pressed charges against him and the UFC for not keeping the safe and not doing something about that. Right. Um. And they're using that wow. to promote more shit. Like so, yeah, I they, they use the they use the Conor McGregor throwing the truck in the the dolly at the the bus. Yep. They don't care. Yeah. I thought it was weird that Colby had a fight booked because I was like, he can't. He's literally claiming brain damage. There's no way he can yeah. fight and sue for brain damage. It can only be one or the other, right? Well, Chris, let me let me kind of push it even the ball even further. The 
$250,000 gift that Dana publicly gave the Nelk boys, it screamed of an attorney retainer. Like you're just going to give, you know, people that are worth millions, another 250 grand where, you know, right. this card at the last weekend, you probably only had maybe three or four people making that much on it. It right. just screamed of, no, 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 here's your attorney. We're going to let this thing breathe a little bit. Wow. Just an MMA That's conspiracy. Wild. Just, yep, but plausible. Allegedly. Would you not agree? Allegedly. Sure. Of course. Allegedly. We know these guys are dirt balls and I wouldn't put anything past them. That's John Fitch, everybody. That's why you should belong to his podcast. Pereira, Izzy, uh, Chris Brennan, thoughts of it in a possible, what, a fifth fight between the two? So I read today that he's moving up to 205. Um, they said he is moving up now. Um, so that, that fight would have to take place there. And to be honest, I was a little nervous for Izzy because he backed up right into the spot where he got finished last time. And I was like, oh, man. And he, he started unloading the same combo. So he's trying to get him out of here early. And then the same thing that he hurt him with, that, that Izzy hurt Pereira with at the end of the first round of the first fight, or the first MMA fight, uh, was the same thing he threw this time, but got him out of there. That was wild. Yep, a third if, fight, uh... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Piero would have been a little bit more measured with that ending sequence, I think yeah. he wins the fight. And again, like the celebrations and stuff going around. Have you guys seen the meme where it's like the guy's he's shooting the champagne in the in the air and biting the gold, biting the medal, and like celebrating? Uh, and he's like all the way down eighth place on the podium. Right? <laughs> have you seen that meme? No. That, that's that that's what this whole thing feels like to me. It's it's. <laughs> It's three, it's three to one, three to one. Right. And Pierre has got two knockouts, but it feels like, yeah, he's shooting the, the champagne in the air, biting the metal. I'm the greatest. I got eighth place. Right. And it just seems silly to me the way everybody's hyping it up. I'm like, okay, yeah, he did good once. He did good once. Yeah. Like, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't do it for me. Like and and to like, me, bro. he was losing pretty much every minute of every, uh, every round of every fight they've ever had even the one he won, except for that five seconds, that 10 seconds where he landed that uh, punch because Pierre got careless. And it's just, it's just weird to me. Again, it goes into the storylines and then Dana's the one talking about, Oh no, no, Pierre's moving up. There's probably not ever going to be a rematch again. So Pereira, I mean, he, from what I understand, he needed the extra time allotment to make weight. And he mm -hmm. had, uh, he had issues cutting the last two pounds. Yeah, he needs to buy my book, The Wake Up Bible. He'd never miss weight again. <laughs> <laughs> Available on Amazon. Perfect. So, so, Chris Brennan, Lucas Brennan, what's next for him? What are you thinking, buddy? Um, yeah, I just I just sent a message over, kind of given three different options to see what they want to do with him. They he's eight and zero. He's got six first round finishes. He was tied with Pitbull for the second most uh, subs in the division, and he just knocked him back to third. AJ has the lead, and, and Lucas is in second now there. Um, they've got him ranked number nine without fighting anybody that's been ranked yet. So the media runs the rankings, and so they like him a lot. But literally since his third fight there, they've been saying, keep asking to get in the rankings. And he's like, I don't want to be in the rankings. Like, I'm just – I've got three fights, you know. And so – that's the kind of thing that I don't like that, that really shows the difference between the two organizations as far as the, the size of them, you know, and, and 
he could be eight and zero ranked in in the UFC if he fought, you know, ranked guys to get there. And then he so he hasn't. So I mean, he he could definitely beat uh, a lot of the top guys. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer that he's going to be the champ there, and and I'm excited about it. But I, I feel like we went the right route. You know, as far as building him up and and getting each guy better and better and better. You know, different styles, different body types, southpaw, orthodox. You know. And he's got six first round subs, one TKO in the second round, and then one decision that was like a thirty twenty six. You know, a couple ten eight in there. I think the money fight for him eventually is like the AJ McKee fight. I mean, you fought the father, and it's the storyline's fantastic. Yeah, they were asking again. His first fight in Bellator, the media was asking about, "What do you think about that?" Because of your dad and knocking out his experience. And yeah, I was like, much he's experience fifteen and zero at the moment, and yeah. he's zero and zero. Um, and now he's a fifty-five-er. You know, he moved up to one fifty-five, and we saw him this weekend. And he said he would not come back to forty-five unless it was Pitbull again. And Pitbull just dropped to thirty-five to try to be a three-time champ or a three-division champ. So I don't see that happening either. But who knows down the line? Maybe we'll meet in the middle once we get up to the title at the forty-five pound division. Yeah, people really need to understand that. It's not, they're not really any payday fights in MMA. You have a promotional contract. Your, your paydays are scheduled. Right. So if you're taking too big a fight too soon, you're being underpaid for that tougher fight. Right. Look at, look at, um, a mighty mouse in UFC winning the title. He was, he was like seven titles deep or something, making $30,000. Oh, well, you know, if, if I, let me like, we're talking, I, I, I'm mentally ill when it comes to conspiracies. So if you look at how to beat a fighter, like the blueprint on how to beat a fighter, you look at what they did to Mike Tyson. No, you're going to fight every six weeks. And eventually you're going to lose. With Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse and Ronda Rousey, they were doing that same six-week turnaround. And it was only a matter of time before one of them cracked because there was no downtime in between fights. And Mighty Mouse's diet and conditioning was so on point that they just they realized that we're not going to get this guy beat. Yeah. Yep. Until Cejudo, which is kind of a questionable decision, but yeah. it was right there. So why don't we give some plugs, John Fitch, and we're going to wrap this thing up. Go to johnfitch.net, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, if you go to my all my social medias, I have a link tree in the description. Uh, I've got uh, health and fitness products up on gum road that you can check out programs. I have self-defense. I have a, a practical self-defense course that I had just released. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with self-defense and, and combatives uh, in the last decade or more. And there's a lot of BS around what you need to know to keep your ass safe out on the streets that you don't need to go to the ground. You don't need to know how to be a great boxer. In fact, you probably don't even really want to throw a punch. Yeah, Guns aren't magic. That's another point. Guns aren't <laughs> magic. You have to know how to access your weapon and use it effectively without somebody taking it from you. And if you don't train to grapple, if you don't hand fight, that's what my uh, program is primarily heavy on hand fighting and grappling in that situation. Force the clinch, nullify them in the clinch, get yourself safe and free. Um, guns aren't magic. You got to know how to access it. You got to know how to keep it. If you can't wrestle your gun away from somebody you're just giving somebody a gun chris brennan um i teach every day next generation mma in frisco texas you can look me up at nextgenerationmma.com or my, my podcast at stranglerpodcast.com same thing uh we run you know I, I just did an awesome podcast with molly mccann uh meatball molly 
two days ago. It, it went up. Uh, it's been, it was probably one of my best ones. And uh, yeah, that's on at least two, three times a week. Excellent. So I, I run the Lights Out podcast with Chris Lytle, MMA History. I also do uh, color commentary for the Anthony Pettis Fighting Championship. Our next one is on the 23rd, April 23rd. So you guys will see me on Fight Pass. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Guys, a couple of weeks, we'll do it again. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys yeah. later. Check out the full interview on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms.